Welcome to Rewitched, a charmed 1998 rewatch podcast. Join us on our journey as we recap, examine, and critique the series episode by episode from the beginning. We'll be keeping our podcast spoiler free. So we welcome fans, new and old, to join us in watching and reflecting on one of our favorite shows. Currently, we're on season two. I'm your host, Jess Sabanko. And I'm your host, Mia Sabanko. Now let's get into this week's episode. This week, we're discussing season two, episode five, She's a Man, Baby, a Man. It originally aired on November 4th, 1999 and had 5.28 million viewers. All right, so this episode starts off in P3. The club is closing down, people are cleaning up, and Phoebe walks over to Piper, who's at the register behind the bar, and Phoebe fanning herself. And she's like, I cannot believe this heat wave. It's 2 a.m. How can it be so hot when there's no sun? And Piper is fanning herself with money and saying how the cranberries have an animal rights benefit at the club on Saturday, and it's going to be a million degrees in there. Phoebe reaches over the counter and grabs ice and starts rubbing it on her chest and shoulders. Very, like, (laughs) sexy looking. Um, And then all these men are, like, looking at her and checking them out or checking her out. And Piper's like, okay, move along. And then she says, am I going to have to hose you down? Phoebe's like, it's not my fault. I'm an I'm in a highly excited state right now. Not that I mind being hosed down with water. I feel like I'm on fire. Feel my forehead. And Piper says that she's burning up. And Phoebe says that she thinks something freaky is happening to her. And Piper tries to tell her to call a doctor. Phoebe says, but I don't feel sick. I just feel hot and aroused. And Piper starts fanning her. And Phoebe tells her that she's been having this sex dream. And it's, she's like, it's not like I haven't dreamt about sex before, but I have, you know, but this is different. This feels real. Swank penthouse, love den, candles, satin sheets. <laughs> Piper's, like, Piper's like, okay, I get the point. But then she says that every night it's with a different man telling her how irresistible she is. And then, uh, you know, says, <laughs> and then let's just say we could win the gold medal in the Hugh Hefner Olympics. And then Piper's like, why is this a bad thing? And Phoebe's like, well, it's a good thing until I kill them and says that that's how her dream ends every single night. And then Piper tries to tell her it's just a dream, a metaphor for extreme sexual frustration. She says, trust me, I should know. And then Prue comes and sits down next to them and says, oh, good, we're decoding men. Piper asks what she's doing there because she went on a third date with a guy named Alan and he (laughs) barely kissed her goodnight and she's confused. And then Piper says, well, that's not an official rejection. When they say, I'll call you, that's the kiss of death. Phoebe nods and agrees with her and then says, maybe he just got nervous. Prue says, or maybe he's just not interested because she gave him all the signals. Phoebe says, okay, that's enough talk about men for me. I need to go home and take a nice cold shower and have a good night's sleep, I hope. She leaves and Piper says, sweet dreams, don't kill anyone. Prue looks at her with like a weird face and she's just like, don't ask. (laughs) I was just going to say the whole third date thing. <laughs> what yeah, episode was that that they up, said it? Like, Ooh, third date. This is a show from the 90s. We know what that means. Yeah, what it, they said it in one of the episodes, but which one was it too? Uh, oh my God, that was really funny. I think it was in, it was about Josh and I'm pretty sure it was in the. Um, oh, third date, time for the talk kind of thing. Yeah. 
Oh my God, that's funny. Yeah, I didn't know there was like a... <laughs> it's in order that it needs to go. Yeah, it's also just funny because I feel like dating is like so different now. 100%. And like, I'll have a lot to say about that later when we get to like the kind of like online dating aspect of this episode. But, um, you know, just from what we've seen right here, what I'll say is, you know, the idea of the like, oh, like the kiss of death is when they say I'll call you. Yeah. Another cliche. Yes. But also like, how many people have you dated that call you? Like when you're first dating them? Yeah, no, that's never happened. I mean, that doesn't, well, I've also never really like dated like that, you know? That's fair. I don't, I don't know. Like I've never like gone out on a first date kind of thing. Like before, like I've gone on dates while we're already together. You know what I mean? It, it, I've never done it like this, but I'm also, you know, 18 years old. Like, <laughs> yeah, Cause I guess dating, cause like I didn't, I mean, for all of our listeners, I didn't date in high school. Like I had like what two people I like kind of talked to when I was in high school. I didn't start dating till I was in college. And so, like, I feel like that's also just a different experience than, like, when you are in high school. Because, like, yeah. when you're dating someone in high school, most likely it's someone you've known forever because you've been in school together forever. Exactly. That's that's how it was for me in high school. I mean, everyone that I would, had ever, like, talked to. So it never really went down like this for me where you meet someone and then you do this. I mean, even my boyfriend now, like, I met... <laughs> I met him through work. We've been working together for a long time and it just happened, you know, it wasn't like, yeah, no, it never was like that for me. Yeah. But like, I mean, I don't know in my experience. And I mean, it's also different now because like, mostly you're going to text someone you're not going to call them anyway. Right. And like, until I'm like already like dating someone, I'm usually not calling them. Like if I just started talking to someone, I'm usually not going to call them. That feels weird. I'm just, yeah. Oh, you know, there was someone that I did that with, someone that I met what for the first time, and then he asked for my number, and we, but we just started texting, and then we went on a first date, and that was it. Like, we never called each other either. I couldn't imagine doing that. Like, I feel like that's just weird. Yes, but um, that's making me wonder, like, what the today equivalent of, like, I'll call you would be. Would it be like, oh, I'll text you? Like, is that yeah, but but then you do like you do text each other like I don't know I'll dm you that's the kiss of death <laughs> if someone ever tells me they'll dm me I'll be like never talk to me again anyways I'll uh I'll hit you up on snap yeah I literally oh my god I'll snap you <laughs> like what the fuck yeah I don't know it's definitely very different. I mean, I guess back then they didn't have, they didn't use phones like we do, you know, so that was kind of what you had to do. Yeah, you also didn't really have like a personal phone. So like, unless it was like, you know, you live by yourself, they're like calling your house where like anyone could answer. Yeah, true. Which I feel so like weird. Awkward. So weird. So different now. I even like, because I was talking to grandma a couple weeks ago, because I was like, yeah, you know, like, because like, you know, my whatever we want to call the person that I- Your uh, situationship? 
Yeah, I guess. Like, <laughs> he'll call me at any time, right? Like, we are always talking on the phone to each other. And I was, like, telling a story to, like, our grandma. And I was, like, oh, yeah, you know, like, last night he called me. She was, like, what time was it? I was, like, I don't know, like, 11. And she was, like, I remember when your dad and your uncles were in high school. And, like, girls would call our house late at night. And it's, like, oh, yeah, because they had to call the house. <laughs> That's so funny. <laughs> oh, my God. I could not even imagine. That's hilarious. Like you wake up the guy you're trying to talk to his mom. Imagine how awkward that is. So uncomfortable. I never even thought about that. <laughs> That's so funny. Yeah, because my boyfriend, he calls me anytime, day or night, like no matter what, you know, he just exactly. calls all the it's time. Like your personal phone. It's not going to bother anyone else. Exactly. Like you had to call your house and it's just like, your mom or like Kyle has to pick. <laughs> <laughs> that would be so weird. They'd probably get mad. Yeah. Having to pick up the phone late at night like that. Wow, that is that's funny. But yeah, imagine it's just like some guys calling for crew and it's just like Phoebe in the middle of the night. Like um, Yeah. <laughs> like, oh, okay. Here. <laughs> Let me go find her. <laughs> Let me go look for her for you. Yeah, that's good. That's funny. But uh, let's see what else about this scene. So, like, okay, I didn't check to see who wrote this episode, but, like, all the, like, sex talk in this episode, and I know it's necessary to the plot line because this is the Succubus episode, but, like, it's just, it, I like, as I'm writing it, I'm, like, uncomfortable. I'm, like, this is so, like, awkward. yeah. Like, I, I was say the words, I'm aroused to my sibling. No, I was thinking the same thing. And there's a lot in this episode where I was like, wow, talking about this is going to be, I mean, harder for you, but I was like, it's going to be difficult because there's a lot in here that's like, the whole episode is like basically about sex. Like, I, I don't like that. Especially we, we've discussed this before where we don't like how they like, how much they how much detail they give each other about their sex lives like we don't I wouldn't do that you know yeah no me either like to my siblings especially I <laughs> I just wouldn't do that I don't know I don't like that it's weird and now we're gonna talk also the girl that we meet she and the guy the officer oh okay we'll get into oh, it it's yeah, just we'll dude I know it. yeah anyways go ahead <laughs> Oh, the only other thing I wanted to mention about this scene. So remember last episode when we were saying how we were excited for the cranberries to come? I didn't realize it was literally going to be the next episode. I know, I know. I was thinking the same thing when I saw this. I was like, wow, we literally just talked about this last episode. Wow. What are the chances? So funny. <laughs> it is. It's mad funny. I feel like season two, like, I know all the episodes, but, like, the order just isn't what I think it'll be. Yeah. I keep forgetting that they're, like, every time we watch the next one, I'm like, oh, this one's happening now? Like, this one's here? I didn't know that. Yeah. They're all really good, though, which yeah. makes me happy. All right. So, moving into the second scene. So, now we're at the manor, and, like, Phoebe is tossing and turning in her sleep, then we like go into her dream and there's this like red tint over everything and we're in this like love den as she described it in the last scene 
and we're in this like POV shot and there's like this guy and he's looking directly at the camera and saying like how beautiful she is and then like he like lays down on the bed and we just see like the woman's arms and lips as she like gets on top of him and he's like either I'm dreaming or I'm falling in love you are irresistible and then we see this like demonic tongue thing come out and it like goes into his mouth and is like some sucking like something out of his body and it's like really really disgusting and then we go back to phoebe in her bed and she wakes up and she like quietly like screams and, <laughs> and like freaking out like it's <laughs> she she quietly screams oh my god just imagine oh. <laughs> i know oh my god i don't know why that's so funny <laughs> screams in silence didn't mean to interrupt by laughing but yeah do you have a lot to say about this scene except that it's disgusting and very like even phoebe they had her tossing and turning in bed looking so like sexual for no reason you know what i mean yeah i feel like just every element of this episode is like so sexual and i like Honestly, like, I credit Alyssa Milano for just committing to this. I feel like if it was me as the actor in this scene, like, I would be so uncomfortable. Like, I remember one time in college, because, you know, I was in the film department, so I would, like, act in people's student films and stuff, and there was one, and I had, like, you know, like, a sex scene or whatever in it, and I remember the kid who was directing it was, like, be sexy, and I was like, ah. Yeah. (laughs) I don't know if you've ever met me before, but, like. I don't know how to be sexy. I don't know how to do that. <laughs> I will say she pulls it off. She's good at it. Like, definitely looks good. That's a hard thing to act. Like, I don't think I could, I don't think I could do it. Yeah, no. And it just, like, imagine, like, you're trying to, like, have these scenes and it's just all these cameras in your face and you're surrounded by people. Like, that's all I think about. Cause, like, Me too. Like, it's, like, one camera and you're there with, like, the one person you're acting with. Like, there's a whole team of people just there as you're, like, doing this. I'm super uncomfortable. Yeah, I could never. Yeah. Well, after that, we go to the theme song, and then uh, we are now at Buckland's, and we see Prue walking out of the elevator, and she, like, sprints to her office and checks herself in the mirror in her purse and then runs back out to look at a statue and pretends to, like, accidentally bump into Alan when he walks in so relatable and then she says she wants to talk to him but he says he's late for a meeting and about to go and she's like just out of curiosity did something happen on our date last night to upset you or something he said not at all i had i actually had a great time we should do it again i'll call you and he leaves and she looks sad and then daryl comes out of the elevator after him and proves like the kiss of death and Daryl walks up and says, speaking of deadly kisses, I need to speak to you, Pearl. And he asks her if everything's okay. And she so starts going on this rant about guys as they walk into her office. And then she asks him, what's up? And, she, and he says that four men have been killed over the last four nights, ever since this heat wave started. I think the murders are going to continue, but I don't have any suspects. She said, I'm sorry to hear that. And Daryl goes, look, you and I have got this game that we play. You know that I know that you got a secret. You also know that I don't want to know what it is. But if it in any way can help stop this, and he hands her the crime scene photos, 
he says that all the men die of se severe cerebral trauma and were drained of their testosterone and that they were all members of a dating service called fine romance and he's staking it out but he can't keep track of everyone that goes in and out and then he tells her to find out what she can and slip it back to him the brass is watching over me on this one this can't turn out to be another unexplained case and then he leaves i totally like i'm, I'm starting to get it more i forgot how much time like that in the beginning seasons daryl spends the most time around prue you know because later on he's a little more i mean it's not really a spoiler but he's a little more involved with all of the sisters than just prue but here it mostly is just her yeah in the beginning think, of season know, his two initial um connection to them is through andy and of course andy's connection was mainly to prue even though he had a relationship with all the sisters exactly so now i kind of see more what you're talking about with the whole like oh they could have had something happen between prue and andy although i really do like their friendship but i could have seen it because he does did i say andy i meant daryl prue and daryl um, because he is around her all the time for things like this and yeah I kind of felt it in this one but I, I didn't realize that that like in the beginning it started out mostly with Prue. Yeah and like I will say I'm loving their friendship like I love the way they interact with each other even in this scene where she's like going on this little rant about like yeah him, and he's just kind of like listening but then he's like okay like let's get down to business type of thing. Um, I like the way they play off of each other. I think these actors have great chemistry, whether they're, you know, romantic interests or friends or co-workers, whatever we're defining this relationship as. I like the way that they interact with one another, and I thought this scene was really good. Agreed. I think, I think they actually do work really amazing together. And also, I mean, as far as, you know, the Alan and Prue of it all, I am liking their scene together as well. I think the pacing there was really good. I like the way they're on very different pages, as we'll learn later in the episode. Yeah. I'm really excited to talk more about that as we get further in. Me too. That, like, in real life, I could, yeah. Can't wait to get to it. <laughs> so then from there, we are at the manor, and it is, you know, still the daytime, and Phoebe's laying on the couch. She's in front of a fan, and she's also pan uh, fanning herself with, like, a paper fan. Piper walks in with, like, a tray of iced tea. And Phoebe's like, I'm telling you, Piper, last night's dream was no dream or premonition even. It was real. I felt it. I was so turned on. And then I killed him. And she grabs the pitcher of iced tea instead of one of the glasses and just starts drinking straight out of it. <laughs> and Piper tells her that she didn't kill anyone. And Phoebe says that she can still taste his blood. And Piper is super grossed out. So am I. And she starts taking Phoebe's temperature. Then Prue comes in and tells them that Daryl came by to see her. And then she sees what's going on and asks if Phoebe is okay. Piper says that she has a fever, but she won't go see a doctor. Prue hands the case file to Piper and Phoebe leans over too and sees the pictures and says that those are the guys from her dreams. And Piper says, maybe your powers are growing. Maybe you can get premonitions in your sleep now. And Prue says, or maybe you're just psychically linked to the demon on its wavelength or something. And Phoebe's like, or maybe I'm the killer. And she says it wouldn't be the first time one of them turned evil. But Prue thinks that she should go to the dating service to see if she can get a psychic flash. And Piper says she'll look in the Book of Shadows. 
And Phoebe's like, I'm sorry, wait a minute. I tell you that maybe I'm some kind of man-killing demon and you want me to go to Bachelor Central? And Prue says that they have to do something or someone will die tonight. Dun, dun, dun. I also liked the pacing of this scene. Like, I liked how they, neither Prue or Piper, even considered that, like, Phoebe could be evil from the start. <laughs> like, they were just so ready to be like, okay, like, here's what we're going to do. Here's the plan, basically. Yeah. And it, it works for me because I feel like, you know, it makes sense. They're immediately making that connection. Like, this is connected to your power. This isn't, like, you're clearly not the demon. Right. Although I wish we did have some explanation as to why her and the demon are connected in some way. Because it doesn't really make that much sense, right? I have an idea about it later. I'll just say that, like, why is Alyssa Milano the only person who could look that beautiful while that sweaty? Like, usually I see someone sweaty and I'm like, Ugh. I know. I know. I don't get, I mean, it must be like, I mean, obviously it's just oil or something, but she looks so glossy and just her body still looks so perfect. I don't get it. I know. Like, usually I see people like that and I'm like, oh, take a shower, but I'm like, it yeah, looks good. <laughs> She pulls it off. I can't stand it. <laughs> um, okay. So now we are at the fine romance building. And Prue and Phoebe are walking up there. And Daryl and this inspector, Inspector Smith, are parked outside staking it out. Smith is taking pictures. Uh, and he takes one of Prue and Phoebe as they're walking in and goes, Oh, God. Oh man, look at the racks on those babes. I I can't even like say it with <laughs> like <laughs> I don't know how to Well. It's hard to say without cracking up because like what like, the how hell? Did this actor even say that with <laughs> I mean dude, that had to take a couple scenes because I don't think I would be able to. He said so he says that and Daryl's like, just do your job, Smith, okay? And he says, I am doing my job, Morris. I'm taking pictures of potential suspects. If you ask me, those two suspects got a lot of potential. Ew. This guy is just so disgusting the entire time. I know. I kind of like, though, what's happening here. Because I feel like last season, and I feel like we haven't had it at all this season yet, we got some like weird misogynistic comments from Daryl every once in a while and I like that now he's kind of like the ew what's wrong with you guy I like him much better that way I wish that had been his character from the very beginning yeah I mean I, I never saw him as like I didn't gross see him like this Tory, like this guy. yeah he definitely made some comments where I was like okay Daryl yeah yeah so after this the sisters walk in and they pass a sign for a singles mixer that that same night at 6 p.m. And a woman named Darla walks up to them and introduces herself. Phoebe says that Prue wants to sign up while she has a look around. And then Darla takes Prue over to her desk and tells her about the special they're running for $3,500. And Prue's like, $3,500? Okay, I could buy a man for that. <laughs> Darla goes, oh, I can always tell the frustrated ones. You've been having man trouble lately, haven't you? And then um, it moves over to Phoebe's perspective and she's like walking down the hall and she bumps into a guy who she seems to like and find cute and he seems interested as well. And he tells her he just signed up and she tells him that he doesn't seem like the type that needs help finding a date. 
and he says the same about her. And then he introduces himself as Owen Grant and shakes her hand. And when they're hand, like when they're shaking hands, Phoebe has a premonition that he is the next victim. And she says that she has to go and kind of like runs away and he looks sad. And then we go back over to Prue and Darla is congratulating her and saying, your days of having trouble with men are over. See you at tonight's mixer. And Prue's like, okay, for your information, I do not have man troubles. Financial ones now, yes, but definitely not any man troubles, okay? And then Phoebe approaches her and tells her they need to go and is like trying to rush them out. But Prue's still like going on about how she doesn't have any man troubles and is Phoebe is like Phoebe tell her and Phoebe's like she doesn't and then they run out the door <laughs> I love it that scene was so good everything about Prue in that scene was perfection amazing no that was actually hilarious but that's the girl that I was talking about Darla I forgot that was her name but like they could not have tried to make her look any more like a blonde bimbo you know what I mean <laughs> like yeah, they very much stereotyped her. Like, we, you know, like she was the huge fake boobs, the tight dress where they're like popping out and then yeah, no, they the were big Pam Andersoning her the entire time. Yeah, exactly. Like you didn't have to do all that. I don't know. Like I get it. It's an episode about sex, but you reference it enough. We see it enough. You're like doing this for what? <laughs> Yeah. And like, it's nothing against the actress. Like, she's gorgeous. She's really pretty. Yeah. She's good in the part. But it's like very clear that they were trying way too hard to make her like this sexed up little, like, whatever. Like, blonde. Yeah. Like, one of those. Yeah. Couldn't have, couldn't have done that any more, like, in our faces. <laughs> yeah. No, definitely. From like, you know, the Hugh Hefner mention at the beginning of the episode to like the way they're styling her the entire episode. It just, yeah, it's, it's too on the nose what they're doing. Exactly. Cause like all the six, all the sisters are sexy without having to be all of that. Right. And this woman is pretty, like they could have had her dress like a normal professional wood dress at their job you know what I mean like, yeah, you know? like later in the club scene I have no issue with her wearing that dress there but like the way she's kind of dressed for work doesn't feel it doesn't fit no you wouldn't do that but anyways aside from that like I said the whole scene was very good I thought the interaction between Owen and Phoebe was really cute too yeah, and I want to go back to that because this is kind of what I wanted to talk about about like dating in the late 90s versus like dating today because like the way they make like, you know, these online because like fine romance is basically like an early online dating service. Um, right. And like the way they kind of portray that as being like so weird and like, oh, like you must be like some hideous freak if you're using like online dating or whatever. Yeah. And it's like, I feel like nowadays that's like how probably at least half of people like meet the person they're dating yeah it's a good amount of them like it's online dating has become a very big thing and I guess back then it wasn't as popular or whatever but it doesn't mean that you have to be true exactly so yeah that's I mean it's not that surprising but yeah for them to expect like oh you know I wouldn't think you would be here is like it doesn't really make any sense you know yeah. 
like they don't have to be like the paid aspect of it because it's like oh you must be desperate if you're gonna pay thirty five hundred dollars to like find somebody yeah but I don't I mean I mean some of the dating services that are out there are paid and like a lot of people meet their like partners and stuff on there yeah but I get it too where it's like that is like that is a lot of money to spend (laughs) 3500 for like a mixer and I can't believe Prue just like signed up for it yeah there she's taking her undercover work here very serious yeah I know like you really just dropped $3,500 for something that you will never ever use like you know what I mean like Carol's gonna reimburse her for going undercover with this $3,500 no honestly he should she didn't have to she could have just been like oh yeah explain it to me and then when they came to see or whatever like they could have just frozen her and walked through because like even later when they do go to the mixer all three sisters are there but only Prue signed up so it does the confusing part to me too because it's like wasn't this for members of the dating service how are Phoebe and Piper there exactly like if you guys could just freeze and walk through why did you have Prue sign up I'd be pissed and also, I feel like Prue in this scene is literally exactly what I would be like if someone was like, oh, you're having man troubles. I'd be like, um, I don't have man troubles. Yeah, I don't have any, uh, tell her I don't have man problems. I'd be the same way. So then after this, we are back at the manor and we see Piper is standing by the window in the living room and she's watching Dan wash his car and like fanning herself. But, like, the thing I'm wondering, okay, so it's, like, supposedly hot as fuck, right? We're in the middle of a heat wave, but Dan has on, like, full-length pants and a shirt while washing his car. Like, why didn't they sex him up the way they're sexing up uh, Darla? True, because a man wrote this, probably. Probably. But a like, man was like, ew, I don't, I don't want to see that. I just want to see the, the bitches. <laughs> no, their audience is female. Come on, like, appeal to that. A little. Yeah exactly because I also feel like I would feel less uncomfortable about them kind of like sexualizing Phoebe and Darla if they were doing it to men too but it's literally only the women that it's happening to I know yeah yeah I feel the same way I was wondering the same thing like why is his shirt unwashing this car right now like Dan's probably dying opportunity to feature a shirtless man is like oh he's outside washing his car the stereotype is that a guy would be shirtless and a girl would be in a bikini while doing that. So it's like, exactly it would make yeah it would make it would it would be fitting there. Exactly. But anyway, so then Prue and Phoebe walk in and they ask if she found anything in the book, which we see is like open and it's on a table like a couple feet away from her. And Prue's like, "Or were you too busy looking at something else?" And Phoebe's kind of like, "Nice body, great tan." And Piper's like, I was looking, you should see what I found. And she goes to the book and they go over to the window and like they see Dan and they're like teasing her. And Piper reads from the book where it says, when a witch renounces all human emotion and makes a pact with darkness to protect herself from heartbreak, she becomes a succubus, a sexual predator. And Phoebe walks over and she starts reading. She says, um, it says, she seeks out powerful men who become helpless against her magic, then feeds on their tes- testosterone with her razor-sharp tongue. So this monster is an evil, sexually charged witch. And Prue says, yeah, but it's not you, Phoebe, because you didn't make a pact with darkness, right? And Piper's like, and as far as we know, you don't have a razor-sharp tongue. 
And then Piper shows them a spell that can be used to attract the succubus and destroy it with fire. And Phoebe still thinks that it's her, but Prue says that she'll cast the spell to attract it. And if it turns out to be Phoebe, Piper can freeze the room and they'll go from there, basically. Solid plan. I feel like I don't have too much to say here. They kind of, I mean, they just found it. They're explaining it all. Yeah, so what I'll say is this is kind of where I saw what the potential connection might be. So you know how they're saying that like the succubus used to be a witch? Mm -hmm. So I was thinking that maybe when she was a witch, she had the same power as Phoebe. Like her power was also premonition and that's why they're psychically linked to each other. Okay, I mean, I guess that makes sense, but it just, it's still kind of like, usually when this happens, like, there's a, I don't know, like a more, I guess, no, I guess you're right. I guess that makes sense. It's just like, it feels very thrown in there. Yeah, and it's not like the episode clearly, like, states it. It's just always been, like, my assumption that, like, she had some type of psychic power as well, and so that linked her to Phoebe. Yeah. Yeah, that could be the case then. So Prue is inside a chalk drawing that's on the ground of the woman's of like the woman symbol on the floor, and there's candles lit all around her. And Piper puts the book down in front of her, and Phoebe stands a couple feet away. And Piper walks next to her, and Prue says the spell. And the flames get super high, and Piper and Phoebe turn away. And then they realize that it wasn't Phoebe because she didn't burn. And they turn back to Prue who is now standing up a man. And Prue's like, we have a new problem in the deep man voice that they gave her. The man voice is so funny. It's so awful. It just sounds like slow motion, like when you put your voice in slow-mo, you know? Yeah, 100%. Like that's the sound it gave. But also, I mean, I don't ca- comment on this kind of stuff a lot because for the most part, Charm does use very basic, like, camera shots. But I really, really love the shooting style of that scene where, like, Prue's sitting on the floor, Piper's standing just above her, and we see Phoebe in the background. Like, I love the way that shot was laid out. I thought it was, so, yeah. like, beautifully done. Yeah. Yeah, I agree. I didn't realize, I didn't notice it before, but I, I know what you're talking about. Yeah, that w- was really beautiful. So then we move kind of to the second floor of the manor where we're outside the bathroom door and Piper and Phoebe are trying to get Prue to come out and Prue's like, not until you reverse the spell. And Phoebe says, come on, it's been over an hour already. And then she kind of like whispers to Piper and is like, do you think she's touching her? (laughs) That's so good. And Piper's sitting on the floor with a book in front of her, and she's saying, the book doesn't say anything about a reversal. Maybe you're supposed to stay a man until you attract the succubus. And Prue's like, well, I'm not going anywhere. And Piper says that they need to take her to the dating service, since that's where the succubus picks her victims. And Phoebe says that she thinks that she, he, can sign up like the rest of the guys. Um, And Prue doesn't want to, but Piper reminds Prue that innocent people will die and says they won't laugh at her just to come out. So Prue does, and Phoebe's, like, trying to hold it in as, like, Prue starts giving this speech where Prue says, how am I supposed to save anyone? I look ridiculous. I'm wearing clothes from the ex-boyfriend's pile. I have hair in strange places, and I have a penis. And (laughs) Phoebe just can't help it. She's cracking up. 
and Prue tells her it's not funny, pushes her, and goes back. <laughs> and then Piper's like, what's so the good. matter with you? Phoebe's like, I'm sorry, I couldn't help it. <laughs> and Piper, like, pretends to grab her face and then goes up to the door and is like, Prue, you don't actually have to date anyone. All you have to do is make yourself seen and available. And Phoebe says, the sooner you attract the succubus, the sooner you'll become a woman again. And Prue comes out and says, it's easier said than done. I really like the way they had this scene thrown in there like I think all the parts were played very well it didn't feel like unnecessary you know no it was a very good sister moment like it really yeah me their interactions and their little like bickering with each other and stuff throughout <laughs> yeah it was actually really a funny scene yeah do you have anything to say about it really though like I Aside from that. one thing is like, because the thing that's interested to me is like the way they're like, oh, like I'm wearing clothes from the ex-boyfriend's pile. Like, do people keep clothes from their ex-boyfriends? I don't. I don't know. I mean, I don't. Unless it's something that I really like. Like, I'll th- I threw everything else away. You know what I mean? Like, <laughs> Okay, so like, <laughs> I like, what I do is... Um, like, with people I was serious about, I'll, like, keep little things from our relationship. So, like, you, you know, I have, like, a couple of sweaters and, like, t-shirts and stuff. But, like, they're, like, in a box with other stuff. Like, <laughs> like I have, like, things from dates we went on, like, gifts they gave me, stuff like that that I keep in, like, boxes. Because I ever want to go through them one day. Like, there's photos in there, stuff like that, because I'm, like, a sentimental little fool. But, like... You're so weird for that. That's, like, a movie thing. Like, I didn't think people actually did that in real life. No, like, I'm going to bleep out people's names because I don't want our listeners to know who I've dated. But, like, I have specific boxes for different people. Like, I have one from, like, when I dated and it has, like stuff for when we were in Texas and like this like bottle opener I got from the bar we went to on our first date like I have all oh my god yeah that's super weird I think that you just made the ex-boyfriend's pile sound a lot better to me <laughs> a lot more normal use this stuff like it's kept away and like if I ever like feel like having a sentimental moment, I'll like pull it out and look at it for like the memories or whatever. But like, it's not something that's like, I'm like, oh, someone needs a shirt. Hang on, let me go to the ex-boyfriend pile and go get one. I feel like that. Yeah. All right. Well, I guess that's fair. I mean, I think for me, it's different because my ex, my one ex, I've, I never like it's not like it was that special to me. No, I don't know. Like, if I break up with them and I'm really done with someone, I don't really think about them. I don't want to think about them. Like, I don't like thinking about my ex. I don't like thinking. It kind of grosses me out, to be honest. But I don't, I don't know. I just can't imagine myself doing that unless it was someone who I, like, really, really felt like, oh, this person could have been the love of my life, which is how Jess feels with every single person that she has ever dated so I guess I guess it makes sense for you to do that no I only felt that way about (laughs) three people 
three people you you fall hard like it's I do I do but I'm saying it's not like every person I've ever been on a date with like I keep I usually do like after the first date I like keep something from it in case like it does end up being something but I don't keep that stuff forever if like it doesn't turn into something do you have something want to see the box of stuff I have from like my relationship with I was about to say what what was the one thing you kept on your guys's first date I kept a coaster from the restaurant we went to. Oh, wow. Interesting. Yeah, I just put it in my pocket and took it home with me. So then they all start walking down the stairs, and Piper is telling Prue to be confident, and Phoebe tells her that men like sports, and... Phoebe says, but what really makes a man is the clothes he wears, the car he drives, and the money he earns, according to Cosmo. I was like, oh, well. <laughs> but anyways, Prue says that this isn't helping, and they tell Prue to practice walking like a man she admires. And so she does this and just looks really dumb while she's walking and goes, so the man you admire is Richard Simmons? And then Piper and Phoebe start laughing and Prue's annoyed. And then the bell rings and Phoebe is going to look through Daryl's files to come up with a list of things the succubus is attracted to. And Piper and tells her that Piper and Prue should go get the door. So they go do that. And it's Dan. He says that his freezer broke and he wants to see if they have any ice. And he notices Prue and Piper introduces her as Manny Hanks, her friend. And Phoebe starts calling for Piper and leaves Manny and Dan alone. He asks if they've met before and if he's known the sisters long. And Prue says, I'm uh, the brother they never had. I want to go back to Mm -hmm. the Richard Simmons comment because I did Google it because I was like, I want to know what this means. Me too. Yeah. So Richard Simmons is like a fitness guy who did books and videos to promote like fitness and weight loss. And he was really popular in like the eighties and nineties. And according to like his Wikipedia page, he is best known for his eccentric, flamboyant and energetic personality. And like, he's never talked about his sexuality publicly, but there's been like kind of like uh, speculation about it over the years. So I'm not sure if this was meant to be like a homophobic comment or not based on like how Prue was walking to be a man which was like if so like they could have just said like you're still walking like a woman I don't think it would fly today like I don't think that would be the line if this was written today probably not all right so then we're over in the kitchen and Phoebe is on the floor and Piper asks what happened and like helps her get up And she said she had another hot flash slash vision and like thinks she's really, she really is psychically connected to the succubus. She's like, I see what she sees. I feel what she feels. I felt excited. And Piper's kind of like excited, happy or excited, aroused. She's like, Piper, she's in heat and so am I. And Piper says, well, that explains why you're burning up. Your libido must be connected to the succubus, which like, (laughs) line um but phoebe starts to talk again but then this like wavy effect comes up on the screen and she goes into a vision and we're back in that red tint and we see that like the succubus's hand is petting some like gross looking egg sacs and she tells piper what she saw she's like i think she's pregnant or ready to hatch and she thinks that the plan is for it eventually to be like a whole group of them killing men not just the succubus herself 
Right. So, like, how did that happen, though? She's, like, because, I mean, she's still a human or, like, a witch, right? Like, all that really changed is this razor-sharp tongue that takes the testosterone and everything. But, like, if she got pregnant, how did, like, where did, how did that come out? <laughs> the eggs, just sacks of eggs. No, maybe it's part of succubus lore. Like, I don't know that much about them as demons. I didn't do a whole ton of research or anything. Mm-hmm. But maybe that's kind of part of what their, like, stuff is. Right. Yeah, maybe then. I don't know. So then we go back to the front hall walkway and Dan is asking if Piper's seeing anyone right now. And Manny's like, no, not really. While like focusing on what Dan's doing and copying his mannerisms. And then she says, or he says, I would just hate to see her with a guy who, oh, let's say on the third date just runs away. Don't you just hate men like that? And Dan's like, um, (laughs) I don't know any men like that. And then it gets a little awkward and Piper and Phoebe come back and Piper has an ice bucket for him and they kind of like kick him out, rush him out the door. And then Piper says to Prue, so, and Prue's like, oh, we're in big trouble. Huge. (laughs) So I love this little interaction with like Dan and like Prue. Like, I just think it's so funny. And like the way that Shannon Doherty is like trying to copy everything he's doing and like just seeing them because you know like the guy who plays Dan is like a bigger guy like he's very built he's very like athletic all that type of stuff and we just see Shannon Doherty who's like a small woman trying to do exactly what he's doing and it's just so funny it's funny because they had when they when they first turned her into a man the angle before it showed her face was like just a body of like an arm and it was like a very obviously an actual man standing there you know and then they just went to her face and showed her like dressed as a man and then throughout the rest of the episode it's just her like very tiny just in her own body but like you know uh with facial hair and stuff like a man (laughs) so it's just so funny how in that scene they had her like really look like a, a tall dude a big dude and then and then it's just her normal size (laughs) I'm also like Dan walking in and seeing her like I feel like if I had saw that my first thought would have been like oh it's Prue dressed like a man for some reason or it'd be like oh like he must be related to them because he looks so much like Prue yeah one or the other but I because it just it's it looks so much like her like I I don't know how ever Daryl like not suspect anything later like it's just like I know how is everyone like so clueless I guess I mean I don't because like had they recast and had an actual man who just kind of like looked similar to Shannon Doherty I could be like okay well they don't recognize her right but, like, but... It's literally just her with a beard yeah yeah like you would think someone would recognize it whatever for plot's sake as we say sometimes yeah for plot's sake we won't mention it again (laughs) so then we're at the fine romance building and we're looking at like this tv screen where we see prue talking as manny and saying you know i think it's the smaller things i look for in a relationship you know like listening to your partner kindness respect Then the camera kind of pans to the other side of the room where we see that Prue is sitting in a chair recording this. 
She goes on to say, I mean, as far as I'm concerned, there's nothing sexier, nothing hotter than someone who respects him herself. Because, you know, if she respects herself, then she respects others. And the camera woman is like, can I just say that you are really in touch with your feminine side? And Bruce says, you have no idea. (laughs) So I feel like even there, they're kind of like trying to show the difference a lot between how men and women think about relationships. Here they're showing that like Prue being a guy and saying like, all these things of like basically what you would think a typical woman would want in a man you know which I feel like it's also changed a lot today yeah um I feel like a lot about this episode is very stereotyped um, yeah and we'll see that keep coming up as Prue like becomes more and more manly throughout the episode right for me I mean I don't really like, if I heard someone saying the things Prue's saying, not that it's, like, unattractive, but I wouldn't be like, oh, swoon. Yeah. Like, if I heard someone saying that, I wouldn't have been like, oh, you know, yeah. Totally my type, if a guy is like that. I need to meet him right now today. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Anyways, so now they are in, like, the main area of the building where, like, the mixer's going on. So Phoebe and Piper are talking to Darla up front and Phoebe starts asking about Owen and they find out that he's a doctor apparently and Phoebe's asking if she can get in touch with him and Darla says that she can join her 3500 and view his tape and she signals for Piper to freeze the room so she does and Phoebe walks over over behind the desk and just grabs his file and then spots Dan's right by it and grabs his too. And she turns to Piper and is like, interested? And Piper's like, little smile here. (laughs) I love it. Um, And then her and Piper run off together. All right. So then we are outside and Smith is making more gross comments about women. I just (laughs) down. And Daryl's just like, you're really something. You know that, Smith? And he goes, I know it. That's what the ladies tell me. And you know the second a man uses a phrase, that's what the ladies tell me, no woman has ever spoken to him in his entire life. Yeah, 100%. (laughs) And he, you know, he's like, I'm going to go inside for the mixer. And Daryl gets out too. And that's kind of where that whole section ends. Yeah. So... Then Piper and Phoebe are looking at the files and Phoebe is wondering if they're too late to find Owen. And then she spots him across the room and Phoebe says, hey, you know, maybe I should take him back to the manor to keep him safe. And Piper's like, well, you can just talk with him here. And Piper says that she's going to go check on Prue in the video area and Phoebe hands her dance tape. And then Phoebe gets up and walks over to where Owen is and they're all like smiley at each other. All right, so then we're in the little video area again, and Prue's talking to the camera woman about her video and when she can start meeting women, and the woman says that, Mr. Hanks, something tells me you could be dating as soon as tomorrow. This is one great tape. Then we move over a little bit, and Piper's in another area, and she's watching Dan's tape, and he's like, oh, like, I'm sorry, I can't do this, like, clearly doesn't want to be making the video, and the camera woman kind of like reminds him that his sister paid for it and he says this isn't this just isn't him and she tells him to speak from the heart and ask what he looks for in a woman he says i don't know i'm old-fashioned i guess i look for the girl next door 
someone with a good heart, good personality, and looks to match. The kind of girl that when I leave for work in the morning, I wait just a little bit until she leaves for work too, just to catch a glimpse of that long dark hair, that great smile, hoping that maybe one day she'll notice that I'm watching and she'll smile back at me. And Piper sure is smiling. Yeah. Oh my God. Okay. So I'm feeling this relationship a little bit, but like, also I want to date Dan. Like I, I, I want to date him. Like this, I'm like, ooh. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> ooh, swoon for sure. But, <laughs> but the only thing about that is like, it was very specific to Piper. Like as if she was going to be the one watching it. You know what I mean? Like, I get it, but to be like, oh, the long dark hair, the blah blah, like it was like, well, you know, what about? <laughs> I think it's supposed to be that like he doesn't realize he's talking about Piper, but then as he keeps talking, like he's just talking about Piper because he's like in love with Piper. Yeah, that's true, I guess. But another thing I did want to point out: so Prue's the one that signed up, right? But Manny is making a video. So did she pay another $3,500 to do this? Because, like, they couldn't have used... I, I, never, I didn't think about that. But, like, it's not like they could have used Prue. And they call her Manny. So obviously they have her down as Manny Hanks. Which means she signed up again. Yeah, Prue just dropped seven grand on the... 7000 on this. They better reimburse her. That's hilarious, though. Make it make sense. But the whole Dan, I mean, it was a little cringy and corny, but it was pretty cute overall. And I could see that I was definitely feeling it. And Piper, cheese, man. I love it. So now we are back in the main area with the mixer, and Phoebe and Owen are sitting on the couch together. And he asks if she wants to take a walk with him. And she says that she'd love to, but she can't. And she's being kind of awkward. And he says that he's going to grab her a drink and then come right back. And then she leans back and gets another flash of the succubus looking at Owen. And then she runs over to Piper. Owen sees her and asks if she's okay. And she says they need to get out of here and she'll be right back. And she goes over to Piper and tells her, tells her like what she saw. And Piper says to get him out of there. But then Smith comes up and grabs her and says he wants to talk to her in private. And she gets another flash. And then Daryl walks in and sees him holding Phoebe's arm and asks what the hell's the matter with him and tells him to let go of her. Then Phoebe yells and says, Manny, it's Owen. Take him out fast. And Manny just punches Owen. But he goes, like, flying because, like, you know, Prue has power like that. Or telekinesis or whatever. And then... The cops run over to Prue, and Smith tells her she's under arrest, and she knocks the shit out of him. <laughs> she just uh, hit Owen, and then Smith comes over, and she just rocks his shit, too. And then Daryl arrests her, and Smith cuffs Owen, too. And Phoebe walks over to Piper, and Piper's like, this is, this is bad. This is really bad. And Phoebe gets another flash, and she's like, oh, no, it's getting worse. The succubus isn't attracted to Owen anymore. She's attracted to Prue. Piper's like, perfect. So a bit of a chaotic scene, but I hope you followed us. 
Yeah, I mean, the pacing of this scene, again, is really, really good. I'm noticing that throughout the episode. And I just like the way, like, kind of Pooh's powers are going crazy as, like, she's going through all these changes and becoming more and more Manny and less and less Prue. Yeah, exactly. I love how, like, the first instinct was to punch both of them. But, like, is that supposed to be, like... Oh, you know, because she's a man. Like, she's a man. Of course she's going to punch everybody. Like, I don't get it, you know? Yeah. I didn't really see the point. Later, but, like, I'll have more to say about that when Prue kind of, like, explains herself later in the episode. Yeah. I know what you're talking about. We'll get to that. So then we're at the police station, and Phoebe and Piper are by Daryl's desk, and they're talking to him. And Daryl's kind of like, you want me to release him? Your friend punched a cop. And Phoebe says, four men have died in the last four nights, but none so far tonight. Why do you think that is? And Piper's like, because of Manny, that's why. Phoebe says, and if he stays in jail, another innocent man might get killed. And he asks if they want him to release Owen too. And they say no, because he's a potential victim. And in jail, he's safe. So Daryl goes and gets the keys. And he's like, this is going to bite me in the ass. I know it is. And the girls just kind of look at each other. Yeah. Okay, so then we move back to the manor, and it's the morning, the next morning, uh, and Prue walks into the room, and Phoebe is sitting on a chair, taking her temperature, and struggling to open something, and then Prue takes it and just opens it for her. And Prue says, you know, it's a surprise men ever get anything done. All I seem to, all I think about is sex. I think it's nonstop really debilitating. And then Phoebe says, tell me about it. And Prue says that he fixed the air conditioner. And Piper walks in and tells Prue that Alan called and wants to go out again. And she's like, so much for our rejection theory. And she told him that Prue was feeling a bit hormonal. And then Phoebe's temperature comes out to 102.5. Piper still thinks that she should call a doctor. But Phoebe says, Piper, there's nothing that he can do. It's the connection with the succubus. It's getting stronger probably because she missed her nightly feeling. She didn't get Owen or Prue, and she needs to kill. I can feel it. Prue says that she has a plan. The dating service called, and her video broke some kind of house record. 20 hits this morning. And that she lined up dates in case one of them is the succubus at the club starting at 6. And Piper's like, no, 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 not tonight. The cranberries are coming in for a sound check before the benefit tomorrow. I can't risk scaring them away. And Prue says, that's no problem. I'll just nail the succubus before they get there. Piper's like, oh, you're going to nail her, are you? All right. So this whole man thing, this sort of short circuits the old, maybe I should consult my sister's wiring now, doesn't it? Just step right in and take over. And Phoebe says, didn't start happening until she sucker punched Owen. And Prue says, yeah, well, you had a problem and I fixed it. And she says, you nearly broke his jaw. Prue's like, I saved his life. You're the one who told me I had to practice being a man, right? So I acted on instinct. And to tell you the truth, the moment that I hit him, I felt powerful and strong. Like somehow that made me a man. And Piper's by the window and says, you know how to be a real man? Look at Dan. Honest, kind, good heart. The type of guy who would risk being late to work just to make you smile. Not some bully who walks around thinking one punch is going to change anything. And she leaves. And then Prue says she learned all that just from looking out a window. And then Piper, or I mean, Prue and Phoebe both go over by the window and look at Dan doing something to his engine. And Phoebe's like, oh yeah, nice body, great tan. 
And Prue says, awesome truck. And Phoebe looks at her and goes, you know, I think you really are becoming a man. And she leaves too. So the truck comment, hilarious. <laughs> I loved that. Yeah. The rest of it is really just, you know, perpetuating toxic masculinity. Um, but I like the way Phoebe, I mean, uh, Piper kind of turns against that and uses how like Dan is none of these things and Dan is kind of like the perfect guy so I did like yeah the position between like oh like what a man should be and like all these really toxic traits like the fighting and the you know just doing whatever you want without thinking about other people yeah it's like well look at Dan like he would never do any of these things and Dan's a great guy right Right. I mean, I get, I definitely get how they were pointing that stuff out. I think that they did a good job at that feet or Piper mentioning it. And like the way you can see the difference from how Prue would have handled the situation like this versus how she is now that she's like thinking like a guy, I guess. And when she's like, you know, uh, when I punched him, I felt like powerful and strong, like it made me a man. I think a lot of men do have that idea that, you know, to be a man I have to like I have to be strong and powerful and like like fight someone if I need to you know what I mean like I think guys do that get that idea and that is why like sometimes it affects them like that where they will just become violent right off the bat you know yeah and that's very much in that <laughs> kind of like raising men with these toxic stereotypes of like yeah man. right and, you know, again, I didn't love the, like, oh, I think about his sex comment. Yeah. Yeah, we get it. Guys think about sex. Whatever. I really... It's not like you're a teenage boy. Like, you're a grown man. Yeah. I don't think that guys think about sex, like, more than a woman would. Yeah. I mean, obviously, you know, it all depends, like, person to person. Yeah. At the end of the day, I don't think it's like, oh, because you're a man, you're going to think about sex more than, like, a woman. I think it all depends on, like, whether or not you're the type of person who thinks about sex a lot or not. Yeah, exactly. Like, there's still, like, there's lots of women who are the same exact way, and there's lots of men who are the opposite, you know? Yeah. Yeah, so I don't know. I didn't really like that comment either. So then we're in Daryl's car outside of P3. And Smith is, like, looking at his black eye in the mirror and, like, and Daryl's, like, try looking at the club for a little while. The sooner we can catch the perp, the sooner I can have you reassigned. <laughs> I love that. Like, Daryl is so done with him, and I just... Daryl's so here, funny. Daryl, I'm done with him, too. Get him out of this fucking episode. Seriously, we all are. Believe me. So we're inside P3, and Phoebe and Piper are walking through the crowd, and Phoebe's saying that she just hopes the succubus gets here fast because she's dying, and Piper tells her to focus on the plan. Prue's going to lure the succubus, Piper's going to freeze her, Prue will use her testosterone-starged powers to fend her off until she bursts into flames, um, and then that's when they spot Prue across the room and notice that she's checking out some girl's ass, and they're both kind of like, oh god, like, what's happening? And then we see Prue is sitting at the bar, and Alan sits down next to her. They say hey to each other, and she asks if Alan recognizes her and says that she works at Buckland with Prue. And he's like, oh, so you know Prue, huh? And Prue says, yeah, we go way back. He's like, yeah, well, Prue and I actually dated a few times. 
When it comes to dating women these days, I just can't figure out what they want. It's a real confusing time to be a man. And Prue asks in what way. He's like, I mean, in every way. I mean, even opening doors or pulling out chairs. Some women expect it. Other women hate it. You never know which camp they're in until it's too late. And she asks which camp he thinks Prue's in. He's like, the good one. The one that likes it. She's cool. And he's like all smiley. Manny asks if he told Prue. And he's like, are you kidding? I'd probably scare her away if I haven't already. And then Piper and Phoebe are on the other side of the club and Piper asks where Prue is. Phoebe starts to say that she's over there talking to Alan when she gets another flash. The succubus has just started spotted Prue. Then she notices the camera woman from the dating service walking by them. Then we cut back to the bar where Alan is saying, you know, Prue, she's on the rebound and I respect her too much to force the issue. I don't want to move too fast, although I think about it now. Maybe I went too slow and got her mad at me. Us, same damn confusing rules. You know what I mean? And, you know, Prue's like, yeah, I'm beginning to. And that's when her phone rings and Piper tells her that it's Jan from the dating service and they need to get to the alley quick. So Prue leaves. Then Phoebe goes up to Jan as Prue is heading out. As they're talking, she gets another flash of the succubus seeing Prue walking outside. She realizes it's not Jan, and she runs to go um, get to Prue in the alley. So I like this conversation. I think it's interesting because I think a lot of times when it comes to dating, um, we all, and it's not so much a man and woman thing, the way they're doing it, but I think it's a, you're never dating yourself. Like the person you are interested in is always going to be different than you and like trying to realize like what's the right thing to do what's the wrong thing to do of course you know they're kind of bringing up these stereotypical roles of men and women in dating um and like right. kind of how that was shifting during this time and how you know it's confusing to be a man which is just a thing like people still say today where i'm just like one of the issues that i notice, and of course i'm not saying that like all men are like this but a lot of men have their ideas of what women like. And even if a woman is to say like, no, this is actually what we, they want. They'll be like, well, I don't know what women want. They're so confusing. And it's like, just listen to what the specific woman that you're interested in is telling you. Not all women are the same person. Oh my God. It is the most annoying and frustrating thing to deal with. I, I mean, I get that it's not easy and I get that it can be confusing based on like, stereotypes that we have all grown up hearing you know like which is like obviously we shouldn't believe these stereotypes but at the same time like when that's what you hear a lot or you hear around you it's like it's hard to just completely not think that you know what I mean yeah and I think some of it has a lot to do with like times have changed since like dating norms were established right the idea always used to be like oh like the man has to do this but I think it's more kind of become accepted that the person who asks the other person out has to you know pay or like decide what you're doing for the date stuff like that like that's kind of more the tradition now right is that the man yes but like if I asked out a guy, like, I would be like, let's do this. And, like, I would probably offer to pay, even though I wouldn't want to. But that's why I don't ask guys out. 
I was about to say, flashback to the time Jess said, ew, if I ever went anywhere with a man, like, he would have to pay or I'm not going. <laughs> ask me out on a date and you don't pay, like, I feel like that's rude. You asked me, you should be trying to impress me because you asked me out. If I asked you out, I would be trying to impress you. Right. But, I mean, I don't think that should be something that impresses you. Like, what, him having money? That's impressing. It's the, you took the time to, like, take me here. Yeah, it's the effort. Like, the effort that you're... Right. Right, I agree. But um, back to what you were saying before, that's why it's so frustrating, because, like, I mean, I get it. It can be confusing. But men tend to not acknowledge that, like, we do tell you exactly what we want though you know like if it's something different than what you thought we're telling you like i i will say it if something's bothering me i'll say something that i'll say what's bothering me i'll say what i want to do i'll say what i like all of this like and it's still like they never learn or like they still have their own ideas in their heads and just go with that instead not listening to the person that they're interested in exactly like you said Yeah, and, like, that's the thing. Ask the person, like, is this something you want or expect me to do? And they can give you an answer. And then from there, one, you'll know if their kind of, like, interests in a relationship align with yours. Yeah. For example, if something like, oh, like, me being able to, you know, like, hold a door open or whatever the case might be for a girl is something that's important to me in a relationship, but you don't like that our relationship might not work out. And that's something you right. like going out with someone and getting to know that. Right, exactly. It's it's not always, I mean, it's, you're going to have to learn as you go. Like, I'm the same, but like that, which is what I try to do. Because I think for me and for a lot of women, it's like, I would be happy just to hear you ask me like, oh, do you like, is this okay with you? Do you like that? Like, because that's almost the part that's like, wow, they care. Like, they care about what, what I want, you know? I think, like, that would be the most important part about all of it all together, you know? Like, show that you care and are willing to put forth the effort to do those things. And uh, I feel like as a chick, I, I do this, too, where, like, if I'm asking you something, like, or finding out something that you like, I make sure to do that, you know? Yeah. Not all guys do that. Which is why it's so hard for us to realize it because we always take what they want into consideration, but they don't always take what we want into consideration, I feel like, you know? Not that it's just men and women, but just that whole mindset, you know? Yeah, like, I feel like in a lot of relationships, there's one person who is that person who's like, I want to know everything, and, like, once I know something about you, I'm not going to forget it because you're important to me, whereas other people are like... I don't even know what your birthday is. It's, yeah. It's hard other people people like meet each other and are interested. Yeah. I like that they're showing crew kind of understanding by seeing like I mean now she is a man so she's in the mind of a man and talking to a man face to face about like women. So he she's kind of seeing like the way that both of them think, you know, which is yeah. cool. 
And the other interesting thing about the scene is like, it's one of those things where I think it's easier to talk to a stranger about your problem than like the person you're interested in sometimes. Yeah. That crew gets to be the person listening to his conversation with a stranger and finally understand where he's coming from. Right. I know a lot like crew, like I'm the type of person who's going to jump to conclusions. Like if I feel like you're not doing what my expectation is, I'm going to be like, oh God, like he doesn't even like me right yeah um but that's not necessarily the case because people show their interest in different ways and it's very hard to sometimes tell unless you are having those open honest conversations which i feel like is difficult to have in any relationship but especially when you've just started dating somebody agreed i think a big part of what makes things like that so difficult is the whole like which is something I've even had to teach myself so that I don't jump to conclusions as much where it's like, okay, because, or even when it comes to friends or any type of relationship or interaction with other people, I'm very much like in my own head, like, wow, I just, that's just not something I would ever do. You know, when my friends do certain things that I'm like, yeah, I would have never done that to them, you know, or anyone in those situations. And then I have to think about it like, okay, but you know, not everyone is you, Mia, like not everybody thinks the way that you do everyone has their own ideas of what's right and what's wrong and the way you find out about those things is like you said talking to them about it you know whether it's friendships or dating or whatever a lot of people don't see that and they just kind of expect like well this is what I would do so I need like like that's what I expect everyone to be doing and it's like but you can't really think like that because not everybody was raised the same not everybody's this everybody's different so I always have to kind of remind myself of that too in real life because I don't like to be that person that jumps to conclusions. I try really hard not to. Yeah, that's definitely something I also like work on because I do the same thing. Right. Only other thing there is just kind of, I like the misdirect with Jan where then we realize it's not actually her. I thought that was a smart little plot device. Oh yeah, I agree. Oh my God. And also in the video room, I didn't realize like, until I saw her here. I mean, maybe it's because she's all, like, dressed up now, but I think she's really pretty. Oh, yeah, gorgeous. Yeah. Like, I thought she was pretty in the video room, but I didn't think, like, like, I don't know. I saw her here, and I was like, oh, wow, I really like her hair. <laughs> she um, looked professional at work. Yeah, exactly. Okay, so then we go to the alley, and Darla approaches Prue and says, hello, Manny. And Prue tries to, like, lift her arm, but, like, can't really move or use her power. And she's like, what's happening to me? And Darla says, you're falling in love. You want me. You need me. Tell me I'm irresistible. And Prue says, you're irresistible. And then her evil tongue comes out. And Piper and Phoebe enter the alley, and Piper freezes her. And then at Daryl's car, uh, Daryl and Smith, like, jump out of the car because they hear uh, Piper and Phoebe scream. And then Prue walks over to her sisters, and Piper says, what happened? Why didn't you use your power? And Prue says, I don't know. I was trying to use it, and it wouldn't work. And I felt like I was, and Phoebe said, impotent. <laughs> and then she gets all pissed, and Darla unfreezes, and she starts running away. And then Smith approaches her and tells her to freeze, and she throws him across the alley into a wall of boxes. <laughs> I kind of loved that. And then Daryl approaches with his gun, 
and he goes, stop or I'll shoot, stop. And then she opens her mouth and her tongue thing comes out again. And he shoots her and like right in the tongue basically and takes her pulse and says that she's dead. And then he asks if the sisters are okay. And Piper says, I think so. Then Prue turns and is like, okay, well, why am I still a man? So again, very long scene. I kind of liked the pacing of this too, but I kind of don't get how Daryl like still at this point doesn't know. Like you just saw her with this razor sharp round long tongue that like no human has. And I think at this point, Daryl has recognized that there are things that are not human, but I don't think he wants to know what the sisters are and how they're connected to it. Yeah, that's true. I guess that makes sense. Which might partially be because he's afraid of like ending up with Andy, ending up like Andy if he knows too much. That's a good point. I didn't think about that. So now we're at the coroner's office. And the medical examiner is covering up Darla's body. And he tells Smith that the preliminary blood panel showed high levels of testosterone. And Smith is kind of confused and thinks it's weird. But, you know, the medical examiner is kind of like, well, she's probably, you know, our killer. And then Smith says, it's a real shame. She's a babe. And the medical examiner leaves. And at first, like, Smith is following him. But then he goes back over to the body and starts to like uncover uncover her and she opens her eyes and kills him so like if she was actually dead was this about to be necrophilia like i was really i know i have like a feeling he was just gonna like take a quick peek at her body i was really grossed out about this though like that was dead bodies can't consent like and nothing about this was okay no absolutely disgusting i hated that like i hate i hate to think that like a family member or something dies and then in the coroner's office or something someone comes and uncovers them to look at their body like i that's just so nasty and so like disrespectful i mean i get it it's like a killer or whatever but still like that that's so disgusting yeah no literally like i hated that they put that in i mean i guess they needed for her to wake up and him to kill her and if anyone were to do that it would be smith but still like i hated but that it could have been like as simple as like he was holding something he put it down he needed to go back and grab it and she yeah pulls him as opposed to like him doing that yeah disgusting like, they did not he was already being creepy and predatory all episode we didn't need that on top of it like i feel like we already knew he was a gross guy and we already weren't gonna feel bad when she killed him yeah exactly like i was about to say we didn't need any more reason to not like him you know (laughs) to kill him or something i think it was a little extreme and disgusting agreed now we are in the manor in the attic and piper is reading from the book and doesn't understand why prue is still a man and why the succubus didn't burst into flames And Prue says, what I don't understand is why I wasn't able to use my power. And she says that Piper's like, I don't know. And she walks over by the window. And Prue says, you know, men are just as afraid of being rejected as women are. Trust me. I mean, that's probably why Dan hasn't asked you out yet. He's afraid you'll say no. And 
Piper's like, like you know, do you? And then um Prue's like, I'm a guy, aren't I? And Phoebe runs in and tells them that the succubus is still alive and she felt her kill again. And Prue said, Why wasn't I able to destroy her? And says that she felt like she was in a trance and that if she rejected her, it would have devastated her. And Phoebe says, Great, we're dealing with a sensitive man-killing demon. And Prue says that they have to be missing something and she leaves to go to the bathroom and both of them tell her not to or to not forget to put the seat back down and they start looking in the book and aren't finding anything Phoebe then has a flash of the succubus in the bathroom with Prue (laughs) and she tells Piper and then they hear crash and yell for Prue and they go to the bathroom and the window is broken and the two are gone so the little, you know, Prue and Piper interaction upstairs about Dan was cute. I liked that kind of how, because I feel like it is one of those ideas where like people don't always think about how like the other person is just as afraid of getting rejected as you are. Yeah. So I liked that little moment. I agree. I was thinking the same thing, like, because it is true, you know? And I liked the comedy of, like, you know, like, don't leave the seat up type thing. Like, that was funny. Yeah. <laughs> Just, like, why, why was the succubus waiting for Prue in the bathroom? Like, how did she know Prue was going to be the one who had to go pee? Yeah, so many questions. Like, how did she get in the house? How did she know Prue was, like, how did she know all of that? Yeah, where they live, like, I mean, I guess she could have looked in the thing, but, like, how did yeah, she... she signed up for the dating service, so... And Manny did too, and they probably both used the house as the address. Yeah, but like it's just still so weird. Like it didn't, a lot of it didn't really add up there. <laughs> also, that's like the second floor. Like they went out the window and did what? Like, <laughs> I, it doesn't make any sense. True, that was not the first floor bathroom. <laughs> yeah, I know. Like, just what jumped out of the second story window? Okay. <laughs> The succubus can actually fly. Yeah, wait, what? Doesn't make any sense. So then we're at the succubus's apartment, and she's in, like, this black lingerie, and Prue's laying on the bed, and she's saying, I watched your tape over and over again. The things you said, you can't resist me. And, like, she starts climbing on top of Prue and touching her. Then we flash back to the attic, where Piper's saying, we have to find Prue, Phoebe, or she's dead. And Phoebe says she's connected again and closes her eyes. And she sees Prue in the same place as the other victims, but she doesn't know where that is. And Piper tells her that if she's connected to the succubus, then the connect then the succubus is connected to her. And that she has to reverse the psychic connection. She tells Phoebe to use her powers to project back to the succubus to help Prue resist her and asks what the succubus is saying. Then we cut back to the apartment and we're in that red tint again and you know Phoebe's saying that she wants Prue to want her and she tells her to talk through the succubus and tell Prue that she doesn't want her she'll never want her talk to Prue like she's right in front of you Phoebe tell her that she's not a man she's a woman and then we see the succubus saying tell me you're a woman (laughs) she like starts to get confused as she's saying it and Prue's like I'm a woman she's like what and like kind of backs away (laughs) and then still in the red tint and then back to normal we're in the attic and phoebe's saying you can resist Prue, only a man and then we're still in the apartment we're back in the apartment and darla is saying is powerless against me 
and then it goes to normal like we're not in the red tent anymore and Prue says I can resist you in fact I'm rejecting you and Darla's like super pissed and gets up she's like what you can't resist me I'm irresistible and Prue's like not to me you're not you bitch and the tongue thing starts to come out and that's when Prue uses her power to throw Darla back against the like wardrobe where the egg sacks are all hanging up and the candles fall over and the fire starts. Darla catches on fire and screams and then she explodes and her and the egg sacks all disappear and then the flames go out and these like white lights appear around Prue and she turns back into a woman. She looks down and like feels her hair and then kind of like touches her boobs a little bit and is smiling and <laughs> a cute little ending, I guess. Yeah, I thought it was kind of funny that it kind of cute. So I thought like the way they had this happen was like really perfect, like having Phoebe talk through them and uh, Darla like being super confused about it and getting pissed off. Also, the way like Prue was like, you bitch, and like threw her arm to throw her back. It was so funny. I don't know why. Like the way she said it, she like lunged at her like, like when you fake someone out. Tiger King, like, you bitch. (laughs) Yeah, exactly. It was so funny. But yeah, I think it was a a cool way to have them defeat her. Yeah, I really liked, you know, reversing the psychic connection. I liked that the flames came into play, of course. And yeah, I mean, it was a good, it was a defeat that made sense to me. Like, it didn't feel rushed. It felt well put together. I liked, I liked that. Okay, so back in the attic, Phoebe's like leaning forward. And Piper asks if she's okay. And she's like, I'm fine. And so is Prue. The succubus is dead. Now they are at P3. It's later in the night. People are walking in. And there is a cranberries, like, posted on the wall under now appearing. And then Prue walks up to Phoebe. And she's wearing a black dress. And Phoebe's like, oh, well, well. And I thought the heat wave was over. And Piper comes up and starts fanning her. And she's like, yeah, Prue, you look hot. And Prue says, I'm just grateful to be back in heels and says that she's meeting Alan. And Piper's like, you, looks like you learned a few things about being a woman by being a man. Prue says, actually, I did. I mean, we're different, which I'm glad about that. But we're also similar in many ways. You know, we all feel the same emotions. It's just that if we don't communicate honestly, then we read between the lines and tend to get everything all screwed up. And Piper says, and sometimes it's just up to us to open the door first and take a chance. And they all look over and see Dan over there. Piper then goes to him and Prue says, so what about you, Phoebes? She's like me and sees Owen walking in. He goes, I actually have an appointment with a doctor I've been dying to see. Still running a little bit hot. And Prue laughs and she goes over to him. And then the guy on stage announces the cranberries and people are all cheering and they start playing. And Dan and Piper are walking together. Piper says, glad you can make it. He's like, are you kidding? I'm just glad you called. Truth is, I've been wanting to call you for some time now. She says, really? I never would have guessed. And then he asks her to dance with him. And they go and dance next to where Phoebe and Owen are. And Prue goes up to Alan. And he says he's surprised that she called. And she's like, I wasn't going to at first. But then I met this really nice guy who encouraged me to go ahead. And they walk over to the dance floor together, too. And all three sisters are having a great time dancing with their boys as the band keeps up. So cute ending. I do think, like, I feel like they do this a lot in shows where, like, 
they'll introduce these guys or like little side characters for one episode and it'll end during the episode really well but then doesn't continue on you know yeah i was gonna say the same thing because i'm like i don't think we're ever gonna see owen or alan ever again no we don't and it's like i don't i don't like when shows do that like at least have it be in the next episode like oh yeah that didn't work out like say mention it you know like as far as we know you guys are dating right now (laughs) like like what no but i was i did like the way it ended i feel like they all learned a little bit and got it in the end and of course the cranberries absolutely loved this was literally the episode that we were just talking about i guess on accident (laughs) and um this is the one where i first like this is how i found out about the cranberries was this episode years ago you know yeah so i always loved them and i also totally forgot that like the cranberries episode was also piper and dan's first date me too i would i didn't even realize that love the song loved their performance i love the way this scene was cut together um i thought it was really cute as an ending i loved the sister moment at the beginning overall this was a really good episode to me honestly agreed yeah i think i think overall it was really good there were some things that were like okay it's a bit much sometimes but yeah. overall really good episode like some of the like sexual stuff was pushed further than i would have liked yeah but overall like the pacing of this episode is good the sister moments are really good the daryl moments are really good like there's a lot of strengths to this episode like as much as i pointed out some of those things where i'm like ooh. Um, I, I do think overall this is a well put together episode and again those sister moments are so strong throughout and of course we're forging this relationship between Piper and Dan which is the only relationship from this episode that will continue into the next episode yeah exactly and I love it as well everything you just said basically <laughs> agreed thanks for listening to this week's episode If you want to reach out to us or follow us on social media, we're on Instagram and TikTok at rewitched underscore pod. You can also send us an email to rewitched.pod at gmail.com and join us back next time for season two, episode six, that old black magic.